The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four $50 basketball bets. Regardless of outcome, you're going to get a free $50 bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP in your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, speaking of apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi ho, Ben Reno, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode one, two, three, dedicated to four, five, six. Obviously, just wait. We're, and when we hit episode four, five, six, I'll dedicate that to seven, eight, nine, and we'll just keep going on. So you can have to wait three more years or so for for four, five, six if we're still around. If um, or I guess at that point, well, our supreme leader uh, Putin will have to decide whether or not we're allowed to um, to do our podcast still. So we'll see. Thanks for coming to this episode while we're still free. Um, I will be your host. I'm known as Jeff Beaston twenty five eight. I almost forgot that my nickname <laughs> Beaston twenty five eight Fox. It's such a great nickname. I almost forgot it. Um, and I welcome you to this amazing podcast. We have an amazing episode because every episode we do is is amazing. Um, I have a quite a difficult card to make picks on actually coming up. So hopefully we can, uh, when I uh, bring in my co-host, um, we put our heads together. Hopefully we can, we can make some sense out of, of some of these matchups because they're, um, both of us, um, are, had a little difficulty, um, picking some of the fights here. So ho- hopefully it's different fights we had, we had difficulties with, and then we can join our forces together, like. Voltron or Transformers or one of those things, and we'll we'll get the right answer. So, uh, and thank you for listening to us on our dedicated feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Um, so I'm saying thank you for doing that. So people who aren't doing that will be like, oh, I should do that too, without me actually asking you to do it. So there you go. Thank you for listening to us on our dedicated feed because you get us in your ears immediately after we publish this here amazing podcast. And this is the part where I start rambling on. So let's just cut that short right now. And bring in my co-host to save the day, Daniel Gumby Breland. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? So first hey, of all, I have to I have to start here. First of all, Beaston twenty five eight all yeah, time. Yeah, I forgot it. All time bad nickname. Oh um, yeah, horrible. A, a he little changed bit. It, though. Yeah, he changes to overtime, which I'm I'm borderline upset about. Like it's if you're gonna have a bad nickname, at least like embrace how truly terrible twenty five eight is. Um, yep. Which, by the way, for people who are who, who are like, I don't even get the significance of 25A, there's a slash in between them, and it's just 24-7 except for one extra hour and one extra day. So he works 25 hours a day for eight days a week, which is so dumb. Also, because everything comes back to tough, did you remember Corey Anderson was a tough winner? Uh, was he a winner? A tough winner. Which really? I did, I did not remember until uh, I was reading an article about his upcoming uh, title fight in Bellator, which is in April, I think. 
and it said uh, tough 19 winner Corey Anderson. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's true. Listen to the, the, the absolutely beast level names he beat on this show. Uh, first of all, he was 2-0 and going into the show when he got the, the call to be on the Ultimate Fighter. Or 3-0, and rather. He had won three fights. He beat Kelly Andenson, Josh Clark, Pat Walsh, and in the finals, the finals, the finals of the Ultimate Fighter, he beat Matt Gutter Van Buren, which wow. <laughs> sounds like the most made-up name ever. I don't remember any. Yeah, the, Matt Gutter Van Buren is so good. Um, but yeah, there you go. There you go. Fun Beast fact in, of the day: Beast in twenty-five yep. eight, tough champion. <laughs> he, he just came into my head because on my website slash newsletter, Money MMA on Substack, where you all should at least get a free subscription. Uh, a paid one is even better, and then you get everything. But. I'll settle for a, a free one. Um, I just did my Bellator light heavyweight rankings, and Beast in 25-8 moved up to number two uh, in the Bellator rankings. That's the only reason why we're mentioning him. Plus, he's got a fight coming up fairly soon, I think, right? April. Yeah, I think it's the first week of April. Now, before we get into this UFC card, are, is, do you have any quick picks for any of the other events that are coming up this week? we got an Invicta. We got a Eagle FC. We got a Bellator. We got an LFA. Is there anything PFL challengers? Is there anything that that you personally are, are big on on the new yeah, list I, cards? Yeah, I, I had a I had a pick for Invicta, but unfortunately that fighter both made weight and then uh, their opponent decided not to fight him anyway. Um, oh, the commission commission gave him an extra hour to make weight due to travel and issues with travel, uh, and then she made weight on time with that extra hour, uh, much like any commission gives people an extra hour. Right. Um, and uh, her opponent who came all the way from Mexico didn't uh, take the fight anyway, which is one of the weirder pullouts I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you, that pick. you fly in from Mexico, you make weight, uh, weight cut in Kansas, Kansas city, then Kansas city. That sounds yep. right. And then choose yep. not to fight and go back to Mexico. Wild. Um, so no, I don't have yep. any for Invicta. That was the one okay. lone one I wanted. I will say, I really thought, uh, I was going to like a Kevin Lee line to beat Diego Sanchez. Do you know what that's betting <laughs> yeah. off of? Did you see that? I'm looking at it right now. Minus 800. Minus 800. Yeah. Um, how about, how about so, for Diego Sanchez to die? What, I don't think Diego Sanchez will die. He's always been very tough. I will say no, that. No, that's true. Um, and then I, I was going to say Ray Borg over Ricky Bandejas, but, like, yep. there actually might be value on the Bandejas side of that. He's been off at plus 465. Yep. So, again, wild odds there. Um, yep. And, and I, I, the, the only line I saw that maybe I was interested in was I, I do kind of like Firdav's, uh Kazanov, who's fighting Irwin Rivera, but I just also don't know how I feel about making a pick – fight pick with Erwin Rivera in it. Do you remember he's the guy who tried to murder his sisters recently? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's back fighting. Well, pick um, against him then. Yeah, but but I also don't know that I just feel good about him being in a cage right now. That feels really bad. Um, so, Habib uh, says it's okay. Habib yeah, says it's okay, guess, so it's okay. I guess, I guess Habib likes it. Um, <laughs> you no, know, if, you're, if you're looking for DJ bets on uh, on fights outside of the UFC in the main event take Jonas Bilhar and Inho um, over Rafael Barbosa he's negative 115 I like that number he was on contender series I actually thought he was going to get a contract on contender series um, and he didn't so take uh, Jonas Bil Bilhar Inho 
Jonas Bilhar Eno, and that's Eagle FC 46 on Friday. Where is, is this event coming from? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I think this one's Brazil. This no, I think Brazil. they went to Brazil for the first time. Um, they've been tr- they've been trying to tra- – yeah, it's in Rio. They've been trying to travel more. I don't know if you saw it. Recently, they were in uh, Niagara Falls, which I was uh, pretty surprised oh, really? about. Yeah, they which were side? at um, – The good side uh, or the bad side? The, the American side. <laughs> oh, the bad side. Um, uh, but the, yeah, there's like a casino the right, side. There's a casino right across the border um, that I've actually yeah, been to imagine before. That. It's not really particularly yeah. nice. Um, but uh, yeah, the American side of Niagara Falls is not particularly nice, to be perfectly honest. I've been the there Canadian once. side's a bit a bit more built up. I've been there once, but I don't think I've ever been to the Canadian side, so I I can't really compare the two. But uh, yeah, I I wasn't put it this way. Apart from the nature, wasn't blown away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's true. All right, so Eagle FC, you got the one pick. Nothing for any of the other cards. Nothing about uh, that, that was an LFA. That was an LFA. Oh, it was LFA. I'm sorry. And yeah, yeah and you can yeah. bet against Erwin Rivera if you want. He's actually a favorite in that fight, which again, yeah, seems bad. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, go 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 with uh, Jonas Bill, Bill Harino. And yeah, don't ever bet any PFL challengers. That's a trash promotion. No. PFL is Bellator. great. PFL trash. Oh, Bellator is this weekend, too. I almost completely forgot about that. We don't plan these things in advance, everyone. We got Adam Borex, Mads Burnell, main event, Julius Anglicus, Phil Davis, the next one. Oh, there's actually actually one I like on there. I would say uh, I I like like John Salter over Johnny Eblin. Um, Oh, one. Yeah, at least I really like that number. And just a quick scroll through here, he's like plus 240, John Salter. Um, Yeah. John Salter gets slept on so much, dude. Like, if you look, his resume is actually really damn impressive. Like, hang on, let me pull it up. I'll, I'll do this on the air because that always makes for good radio. Um, yeah. I mean, like, he beat Dustin Jacoby, Brandon Halsey, Kendall Grove uh, over a four-fight stretch, including finishing all three of them with rear naked chokes. Um, there you so, go. like, yeah, that's that's not a bad little run in uh, – he fought in the UFC only three times before they cut him. He knocked out Caleb Running Man Starnes. Um, he beat Chidi and Chikawani by rear naked choke. Again, not a bad win to have on your record. Um, no. And he, he fought Gegard Mousasi for the title. There, there's definitely uh, some value on him against literally anybody at plus 240. Yep, that is a good, good number. All right. Um, only other what main thing to note, uh, Kayla Harrison re-signed with PFL, I think that's what we we advised her to do when we talked about this months ago. Um, makes most sense financially for her to beat up some cans and make a million bucks every year. I think there's more opportunity for um, financial opportunity and other opportunities, obviously, uh, inside and outside the cage if she went to the UFC, but I don't think right off, that would be a right off the bat thing. I don't think, well, maybe, maybe she'd get a million um, for her first fight. Who knows? Probably not though, um, and and she she would definitely have to work uh, work for it to get up to that level of pay, fighting against much harder competition and not in a natural weight class for her. Cause she's naturally a lightweight, and they don't not have a lightweight. They barely even have a featherweight weight class. So uh, it's a move for her unless she really really wanted to, you know, test herself and prove that she's the best female fighter around. But I guess money talks this time. Yeah, uh, and, and they seem to have promised her something about trying to cross-promote her and get her fights right. with. Like, like I'm pretty sure the lone reason she re-signed is because they, they have 
opened up this idea that maybe she could fight somebody in Bellator or something like that, and they would do yeah. everything in their power to cross-promote. But, like, I, I mean, like, I don't know how well that's going to go over with Scott Coker. I mean, like, that dude loves money and will do things that make him money. But at the end of the day, uh, Kayla Harrison coming in and beating his cash cow, Chris Cyborg, or at least having yeah. the potential to be his cash cow and Chris Cyborg, while having him not get Kayla Harrison – I think is a deal breaker for him, especially as they were bidding on her. So like, yeah, that's true. Uh, I can't imagine that's happening. So like, yeah, we might see a super fight for her, but like maybe with one or fucking, but one's kind of uptight about their roster too. So like who, who even out there is 155 pounds. Maybe you'll see her fight Gabby Garcia. Who knows? Oh boy. Wouldn't that be a dream fight? You're right. <laughs> uh, that would be a, a dream a fight. Yeah. I didn't even think of the, um, of, of the fact that they were actually trying to uh, to sign her also apparently so yeah um so probably like i said financially uh smart move for her um especially considering her weight class doesn't exist anywhere um basically except pfl makes a special weight class for her and brings in a bunch of i want to see cans but a bunch of people that uh, she can easily beat and make herself a million bucks uh every year so hey nothing wrong with that stuff so. um so that is Anything else we need to talk about before we get into this here card that's hard for us to break down? No, I think I think you, you nailed it all. Well we'll steer clear of all the anything that's controversial this time. Oh <laughs> we should give we should give our <laughs> our friend um Bryce Mitchell some props. Uh, he's donating uh it sounds like every fight going forward he's gonna be donating to children's charities, um part of his purse, so uh good on him. We have to give the man his props when we since we criticize him otherwise, so We'll give him props for that. Yeah, it was a it, he was getting his whole win bonus, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah, which pe- is... people, yeah, people seem to be some people seem to be thinking because he said half his purse, which I took it as he's making forty five for forty five to show forty five to win, which I which lines up to the numbers you can get on Money MMA a Substack. Um, it makes more sense. So some people are thinking, oh, that means he makes ninety to show ninety. Uh, win bonus because he said half his purse but i think by purse he meant like half of the money he made because i don't think there's any way he's at 90 and 90 already on his well, second or third contract so i i agree with you i will say his management is quite good first round management yeah. like tends to be pretty good at negotiating but i will also say this is is to kind of back up your claim that i think he's making 45 and 45 didn't he say he was only going to do it if he won Oh, maybe. Yeah, that might have been. Which, which then if he said he's only giving half if he won, then I would assume yeah. that just means he's giving his win bonus away. He's yep. only counting on making 45 um, regardless. Yeah. So if he wins, he doesn't need the extra 45, which is, yeah. I mean, a super selfless thing. And to do it for a hometown charity like that. Um, I also heard Dana said he was going to try to match that or give it for he, him. Or Yeah, he's going to give it for like him, that. he says. Yeah. Yeah. Dana says he's giving it for him. So, um they should just do that anyhow. Uh, it, they seem to not want to get fighters raises ever. Like we saw contender series people starting at 10 and 10. Um, so why not give to a charity of, of each fighter on the card at every, every event? They wouldn't even, UFC wouldn't even notice that. I'm I sure, love it. In their bottom line. All right, let's, let's it. make it happen, everyone. So anyhow, um, props to um, the uh, drill in the Tesco region man, Bryce Mitchell. So. <laughs> we have to give him props or if we don't then we're dumb libs right that's right that's correct right. all right uh um that concludes the controversy part of the podcast probably well i don't know if there's any controversial people on this card none, none that i know of i'm sure someone will open their mouth eventually um 
And looking over, I don't see anyone. We haven't really run into people that you hate a lot recently, Dan. Um, maybe there's some some low key person that you hate on this card. I don't know, but yeah, we'll have to. There was one supposed to be on this card. Am I wrong? Um, what, wasn't Macy Barber supposed to be on this card? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe at some point. I thought she was supposed to fight Julian Robertson or something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't on this card, though. But okay. anyhow, yeah. All right, let's, let's break it down. Instead of jumping, instead of dancing around, let's break it down after win bat, of course, because right now is the perfect time to get to bat, not get, bet on basketball. And win bet is helping you cash. March Madness bonus, everyone. Listen up. This is highlighted on my ad reads, so this is the important part. All users who bet at least 50 bucks on the men's college basketball champion futures market will receive a $10 free bet for each game that team wins in the tournament. Round of 16 through the championship only. Plus, this is also highlighted still, so pay attention here also. Weekend bonus play. All users can receive a $50 free bet when they win, lose, or push four $50 plus bets on Saturday to Sunday basketball games. So weekend basketball games. Weekend bonus play can be used toward all the upcoming college basketball action as well as the NBA. We're still highlighted, so still listen. And for new WinBet Casino customers, they're now offering a 100% free deposit match. Sorry, first deposit match up to $1,000. So that's 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. That's right, 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Now, this isn't highlighted, but you should listen anyhow. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where or play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the type of stable deal, too. While we're at it, there are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuo.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get on the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. So download it now, everyone, StableDuo.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win at our friends over at Stable Duel. All right. We are on to UFC Fight Night. Santos versus Ankalaev, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 203. A.k.a. UFC and ESPN Plus 61. Um, I'm going to call it a.k.a. UFC Vegas 50. Uh, it's from the UFC Apex in Enterprise Nevada, a.k.a. another a.k.a. Um, Las Vegas suburb. Um, it is another ESPN Plus card. This, this is the early one, too, isn't Is this not a 4 p.m. start time? Do you know off the top of your head, Dan? It was 4 p.m. when I last saw it, but I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's like, they, they seem to change things like that sometimes, so I never know. Yeah, it depends, depends if fights fall off and stuff, obviously, um, for the prelims at least. So if you think it and I think it, then it has to be true. <laughs> they clear my throat because um, we went 9-4 last week when we agreed and everything. So I wonder if that happened this week. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Maybe we're on the same page. Um, so prelims, ESPN Plus, 4 o'clock Eastern. Main card, ESPN Plus, 7 Eastern. Um, and as, let me see, let me tell you what we're not getting that we're supposed to get. Uh, I don't think we actually lost any fights. We lost some fighters, but we got replacements. So we've got 14 fights on this card, 6 main card, 8 prelims. Um, 
yeah, Dan mentioned off air, even before I brought it up, that he found this a hard card to make some picks on, as did I. Um, some difficult matchups, some fighters I don't know a heck of a lot about, um, some matchups I don't want to pick either person in because they both suck, to put it put it uh, bluntly. Um, all the same. There were, there were fights where you hated? No, you didn't like either guy? Mm, there's one with the guy with interesting hair color versus a guy who sounds like... Uh, Oh, pasta, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pasta versus pasta versus a punk rocker. That one. Did you just say Guido Canetti sounds like a type of pasta? Canetti sounds like a type of pasta, don't you think? Yeah, it yeah. Sounds I'll like have a, the amalgamation. Yeah, I'll have the chicken, the chicken Canetti. Yes, I'll, I'll have a Canetti with a Motino sauce on it, please. <laughs> Perfect. Can, put Canetti with Motino sauce. There's the episode name for you. There you go. That's there title. Ready to go. Kennedy with Motino sauce. <laughs> I type, the things I type in it, are ridiculous. The things I, I go, I sometimes come across old ones that I haven't got rid of. I'm like, oh my god, what was that about? We have one about testicles or something a few weeks ago, did we not? That I I, I vetoed <laughs> and, and and put something else over top of. You yeah, had a good one. I can't remember what it was. Something about low hanging fruit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, what were your issues picking people? Oh, thick down low. Ramona thick Pesquale. Down, no, thick I used that low. one. I used that one. It, it, was, uh, it was more. It was a grosser title. Oh, uh, so. okay. Uh, darn. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your issue with picking women? Stylistic matchups. Yeah. yeah like, it, there wasn't really anybody who I I struggled with because. You know, I'm assuming the couple of people you guys you don't really know too too much about was due yeah. to the fact that I, I think there are three or four debuting contender series guys on this card. Yeah, um, and I forget those guys quickly. Yeah, unless they're like unless they make a big splash, and I don't remember them. Well, one of them made a big splash. Yeah. Um, which maybe you're not for remembering, but like one of them. Yeah, I, I remember. Made, Made quite a large splash in the first, but it was in the first fight of the contender series on the first episode this year. Um, Is he a snow leopard, Dan? Uh, no, at, but, no, but he made a big impression too. Yeah. AJ Fletcher won the first contender series fight with the flying. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's the one I'm talking about? But, pick him though, Dan. I don't know. If yeah, I'm well, like, well, I'm just saying we'll he made a big see, impression. Right? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Exactly. Um, over in the SGPN Slack, Superfan Jong already has some um, has a massive parlay. So maybe you don't have to do one. I saw it. I, I saw it. I, I love I love Hunger Man Jong. I had some issues with it. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I. <laughs> Well, all, all it really takes you. is... We love you, John, but yes. I have problems with it. <laughs> all it takes is one issue, one issue with a um, with a parlay to, to sink you. It doesn't You don't need multiple issues, but yeah. That is, that is actually the thing about parlays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you get such good money on them. All right. Maybe we'll get you a parlay later on. Let's let's get into breaking down this card. Um, before we get to it, the card's going to be over. Uh, light heavyweights started off. Tefan Inchukwi versus Azamat Mirzakanov. A- a contender series alum. Um study about Enchukukui and Chukukui and Chukui. Chukui. I want to hear what he's in. It depends who's on the call, I guess, this weekend. I want to hear what he uh, what he's called this weekend because at least the color guys will definitely butcher his name. Both these guys' names probably. Um he's Cameroon Express. Maybe we'll just call him the Cameroon Express. Uh he's six and one with four knockouts, never been finished in a fight, two and one in the UFC. He's gone win loss win over his last over, actually, over his full UFC career, uh, he's one and zero on the contender series. Used to fight at heavyweight and at middleweight. This is right smack dab in the middle at light heavyweight. Uh, he's two inches taller than Mirzan Mirzakanov. All of a sudden, I can't see his name either. So two inches taller, six inches of reach. Um, let's check our reach stats while we're at it. Four inches or more reach, 
fighters are winning only 52% of the time. So not as much as probably we play it up to be in our heads, but I think a lot of it depends on, on South. Obviously, if it's a striking battle, then I'm going to want the guy with half a foot of reach. Uh, he's also five years younger than Mur Zakhanov. Let's check the stats on that one. Younger fighters, five years younger or more, 57%. So pretty, pretty solid. Not overwhelmingly solid, but solid enough. All right. He's over, he's over two times more active landing strikes, but um, we're talking very small sample size for his opponent. He's only fought once um, on the contender series. Uh, grappling stats in his favor as well, but like I said, small sample size. Uh, new stat. I got new stats, Dan. Um, I have figured out, I've tracked everyone's rec- opponent's records over their past five fights. Do you think that's something that's useful? Um, I wouldn't say in the UFC it is. No. Um, so, so I would say I, I really like that stat if it's like a debuting fighter or yep. if it's somebody in like LFA. Um, I think that's helpful. But like, you know, I always use this example when people say, oh, the record of who he's fought is this. Randy Couture was 16 and 10. And, and we can continuously remember yeah. that like a win over Randy Couture means something more than a win over Tafon Chukwi, which would actually help your stats better. Um, yep. Because his win percentage is lower. So I, I would just throw that in there that it, it does seem like a kind of crazy one sometimes. Yeah. And more often than not, most of these guys are, are gals or have almost similar uh, win loss. Uh, like their opponents almost have very similar records. So, because um, there's no chumps once you're in the UFC. So, anyhow, 75% uh, his opponents have been over the last five fights. He's gone four on one. His opponents are 48 and six, or 48 and 16 and that's, uh, that he fought in that span. Plus 145 for Nchukwi. Uh, Mirza stat may be more interesting for him because this is his debut. He's 10 and 0, seven knockouts, one submission, one and 0 in the Canada series. He's won two straight fights via TKO. He was a regional champ. He made his debut back in 2010. Uh, he hasn't been beating up scrubs. Last five fights, 48 and 19. His opponents combined records have been 72% winning percentage for those opponents. So, he starts a very, a very high number for him for his debut, minus 185. So what do you make of this one? Uh, I'm going to go with Murzakhanov in this one. Um, I wasn't entirely sold on him going into the Contender Series, but um, he actually looked really good in the Contender Series. The thing about him that I think is going to be difficult for Tefan Chukwi is that he works himself into the clinch exceptionally well. He pushes people back to the cage um, he leans on him, wears on him. He throws hooks and uppercuts in from short range. He's got good knockout power. His boxing is pretty crisp. Whereas, like, Chukwe is a huge, physical, strong dude. But at the same time, like, he's kind of leaned on that strength in the past. And it, it cost him against Jong uh, Young Park, if you remember correctly. Um, Jong Young Park it beat the hell out of him. Somehow it was a majority decision, which is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Cause I think I had it 30, 25 in my own head. Um, but one judge inexplicably gave it to, to tape on Chukwe, but like, it was a guy who fights similarly to the way that I think of Merzakhanov. He, he can lean on you. He can grapple quite a bit. He's got some nice trip takedowns. Um, and he, he can box in short range. So I, I think Merzakhanov is just like the wrong kind of style for Tafon Chukwi. I think the longer this fight goes, the worse it is for Tafon Chukwi because uh, he'll get more and more tired against somebody like Merzakhanov. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the favorite here off the bat. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking in Chukwi, but um, I think I'm also going to go chalk here. Um, well, his, his length's going to his length is advantageous. I don't know how much uh, half a foot of reach is going to help him 
in this fight, really, right? It's going to be more of a close quarters um, contest, you think, if Mirzakhanov has his way? Uh, yeah, I, I think Mirzakhanov works into close range really well. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's very difficult to stay out of clinches with him and stay off the cage with him, um, unless he's yeah. choosing to, um, which in that case, like I said, again, he boxes well. We've seen him knock some people out, uh, someone recently. So, yeah, like, I, I personally think this is a good fight for Mirzakhanov. Yep. All right, Mirzakhanov is the pick for both of us. Bantamweight, Guido Kennedy versus Chris Moti. You know, um, Kennedy's El Ninja. Let's tell you about him first. Eight and six, three knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted four times. He's two and five in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights. Uh, he was also on the Ultimate Fighter. He went 0 and 2, which is a hard thing to do, losing two fights on the Ultimate Fighter, but he figured out a way to do it. He made his debut back in 2007, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus, uh, sorry, not minus, plus 120. Chris Montino, nine and five, three knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted twice, so all of his finishes of uh, all of his losses come via finish. Owen won the UFC via TKO. Uh, he's got an inch height on Kennedy, 13 years younger than him, more active striker, minus 150. This is the fight I don't really want to pick other guy, but I'll, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a guy who's 13 years younger than an opponent of his and who they seem to be similarly matched up um, skill-wise at least. So I'll always take the guy 13 years younger. So uh, Motino is the pick. You ready for this? I'm going to take the oh, old yeah. man. I'm all right. Take tell, the, tell me why. I'm going to take the old man. Okay, so here's why. First of all, Kennedy has, you're, you're right, has not looked particularly good lately. He's coming off of three straight losses. Let's talk about those losses, though. Marlon Vera, nobody can, can find any shame in losing to Marlon Vera. Bakarel Dana, which, by the way, maybe not a household name, but quietly on a three-fighting win streak where he's knocked out all three guys in the first round. Um, so no slouch there either. In Mana Martinez, who – did you just see Mana Martinez's last fight? That is a fight that aged exceptionally well. That dude went toe-to-toe with Ronnie Lawrence, and some people might even argue that he won that fight. So we're talking about Guido Canetti coming off of a split decision loss to Mana Martinez, uh, where a couple one judge gave him the, the scorecard. I think he's faster than Chris Mutino, and not for anything, too. So Mutino is a New England guy. I like New England guys. I usually pick New England guys. But I've seen a lot of him on the regional circuit not looking great. Um, you know, he lost to, like, Johnny Cupcakes Campbell by TKO. He lost to Tony Gravely. Like, he hasn't really beat all that many good people. Like, his best win is a Sheik Ajim, who's one of Shale Sonnen's guys. Um, and in that fight, he was getting the crap kicked out of him. I mean, he just survived uh, and then wound up getting, a, like, a comeback KO which I guess I could see him doing here against Guido Kennedy, but, like, Kennedy's a quick and fast boxer with heavy hands. I think this is an underdog play that I like a lot on this card is Guido Kennedy. All right, if you say so. I, I'm not big on either of these guys, um, but I'll I'll stick with the younger, more active fighter of the two. And we shall is, see what happens. He is, he is much younger. <laughs> he is much, much younger. Almost the age difference between us, Dan, not much of a difference. So, um <laughs> And I would take the younger guy in that fight also. Um, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Middleweights, Dolce Lugiambula versus Cody Brundage, who I just heard part of an interview before I ran out of time on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week that everyone should listen to. Um, 
So he has that top turtle stank on him. Uh, <laughs> remember that, people, when there's you're a, making – There's a triple top There's a triple top turtle stank this week. It's a three-interview show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, okay, may as well plug it now, Dan. Who else is on the show? This uh, week? Oh, I also have Terrence T-Rex McKinney, who's a favorite of the, the SGPN Slack channel. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, Trevin Five Star Jones. Oh, the five-star man. What's? Uh, I think I'm going to pick against two of your people, possibly. We'll okay. see, Dan. We'll see. I'm, I'm going right, to have to wait and see which ones. Cody Brundage, 6-2, and two, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. 0-1 UFC, 0-1 Contender Series. He's gone loss-win-loss over his last three fights. Um, he, here's uh, His his uh, stats were actually one that jumped off. His past five opponents, only a 65% winning percentage, and he's only gone 3-2 and two against those people. Something to keep in mind. Um, he was a regional champ. He used to fight up at light heavyweight. He's got four inches height on Lugiambula, seven years younger than him, plus 100. All right, Lugiambula is nicknamed champion, so you got you to gotta go with him then. Uh, he is the champion. I don't know what he's champion of, but he's a champion. He was a two-division champ of EFC. That's when he EFC. started calling him Dolce champion. Yeah, yeah he was heavyweight champ there. Heavyweight That's champ. That's right. <laughs> Our favorite um, South African um Promotion. The only South African promotion I know of, actually. Um, all right. Dolce Champion, 11-3. Five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's gone 2-2 two and two in the UFC. we got a pattern. Win-loss, win-loss with him. He lost his last fight. Uh, like we said, double champ in the UFC. Used to fight at uh, heavyweight. And actually, this one's middleweight. Excuse me. Used to fight at heavyweight and light heavyweight. This fight is at middleweight. Um He's, four in, he's got four inches of reach on Brunage, more active striker, better grappling stats, minus 125. Uh, over to you. I'm going to take Cody Brundage. Of also, course it, you will, you homer. It wasn't, it was, oh, yeah, it was back to me. You know, no, I'm taking Cody Brundage, but here's the reason. Look at look at what Dolce does in fights, and it, it's he gets really, really tired. Yes. Really, really, really tired to the point where he gets beat by guys he shouldn't get beat by. And I've actually seen that in EFC, or I've I've seen him come close to getting beat by guys he shouldn't get beat by in EFC. Plus, he should not be losing a decision to Mark Andre Barrio. Like lo- love or hate Mark Andre Barrio, like it, as far as their athletic gifts, Mark Andre Barrio should not be beating uh, Dolce Lugiambula. But that's what he did, and it was largely He's Canadian because- though, Dan. Yeah, that's true. You love power bar. Um, <laughs> so much so, I'm pretty sure. Did you did you pick him against Chidi and Jikawani? Um, I no, no, I, I, I no, I didn't. Bad. I didn't actually. Oh, you just said you didn't love. You, you said you didn't love the line for Chidi. That was it. Um, yes. and I wow, you have a good memory. Yeah, I, I remember things eventually. Um, but I would say this: Cody Brundage is an excellent wrestler. Um, yeah. and, and I think that people sleep on how good of a wrestler he is. And I think he's got, like, a grueling style and just the right kind of cardio to wear out Dolce Lugiambula here. Lugiambula, I don't know how he makes 185. The dude is an absolute tank. But also, he's going to be at kind of like a – I mean, the reach here is going to be good for Cody Brundage. He's going to have to, like, force himself into reach. And, again, like, lots of submission wins on the ground for Cody Brundage. All of them are, like, arm triangle jokes or things like that. People forget he took down – heavy or light heavyweight William Knight and was controlling him. William Knight kind of like started to get back up and in a like grappling position, landed like weird elbows to the sides of Cody Brundage's head and won. But like if he avoids that, he had advantages over William Knight in that fight. So 
again, I think I just take the guy who's a better wrestler and going to be grinding, absolutely trying to grind out uh, Dolce Lugiambula, which is a great game plan for him. Dolce has been taken out once in his UFC career, Dan. Yeah, once. but who has he fought? He's fought Marc-Andre Barrio. Marc-Andre Barrio. He Marcus fought Perez. Marcus Perez. And Magomed Ankyalev didn't try to take him down. He just kicked him in the head and knocked him clean out. He, he fought Daquan Townsend, dude. Like, he, he's not fighting people who would take him down. If he had fought one guy who I was like, oh, that guy will take him down, like, then we could talk. But he's, like, not fighting people who are going to take him down. And a lot of those guys were beating him in, in striking matchups. So, it, for, and first of all, so so you, I'm not sh- completely shitting on Dolce here. He does have good judo. Like, his judo is yeah. decent. But, like, at the same time, it's not like he's people are shooting a ton of takedowns on him. No, it's true. Uh, it's true. But there's a pattern, Dan. Uh, fine. I'll, I'll go with Brandage too. I, I, I was. No, you, 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 you can't turn on fine. your face. You can't turn fine, on your face. You, you can't tell me on all. <laughs> Orange is the reach, more active striker. There you go. That's why I'm taking Dolce. Those are the stats you love. He's a, he's a physical menace. Yeah, and you 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 can't Pretty go against tired. your reach stats. You know you love your reach stats, <laughs> even though they they don't pay off most of the time. But yes. All right, fine. Fine. I'll take Dolce and I'll be happy with my minus 125 when he, when he comes through. So um, let, let me do an ad read before we move on. Let me tell you about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse. The internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan. For our listeners, with a 30-day money-back guarantee, that's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you need to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. You're going to wish you let me switch to Cody Brunage, Dan. Let me tell you, this one's going to bite you. <laughs> if that, if that's right. the one that right. bites me, then mm. I will wind up taking credit for forcing you to stay on his, his There you go. <laughs> Women's flyweight. Sabino Mazzo, Colombian queen versus Miranda Fear the Maverick. Uh, Fear the Maverick taking this on short notice. Did you know that she's only five foot three? She seems like she's so big, but she's only five foot three, Dan. Did you know yeah, that? That's, that's surprising in one sense, yeah. but also she if she makes... makes 125 built like that, you would assume she yeah. has to be short. <laughs> it's true. She used to be a strawweight also, believe it or not, in her younger days, even though she's not old as it is. All right, so this is, like I said, a late notice step in for Miranda Maverick. Uh, Mandy Bohm was supposed to take the fight, um, had to step out, had to um, step out of it. So Maverick stepped in about two weeks ago, so it's very short notice. And the stats don't like short notice people. Short notice people only win 39% of the time. Overall, 33% this year in 2022. So the odds are stacked against Maverick. Will we pick her still? Let's find out. Uh, 
Sabina Mazzo, Colombian queen, nine and three, two knockouts, one submission. She's been submitted once in her career. That's the only time she's been finished. She's three and three in the UFC. She's lost two straight fights, last one via submission. She used to fight at Bantamweight. She was the LFA champ previously. She's four inches taller than Maverick, got five inches of reach on her. Striking stats in her favor. She's almost two times more active landing strikes, plus grappling stats in her favor, plus 240. Miranda Maverick, 9-4, one knockout, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. Two and two in the UFC, lost her last two fights, but she really only lost one fight in a row, right? That's correct. She, she definitely you want to bring up Macy Barber again? <laughs> As I said, short notice, uh, a little over two weeks um, before when she steps in the cage on Saturday. It'll be just over two weeks of notice for this fight. She was 6-2 and two in Invicta, so pretty much all of her all of her fights except one were in, in the big leagues, Invicta and UFC. Uh, she used to fight at strawweight, as I mentioned, minus 325. I got to go with Miranda Maverick because I think Miranda Maverick's great, even though she's lost two straight. But I really don't like this line at all. It makes me especially with the stats and the height and the reach and everything in Maslow's favor. It's making me a little nervous, but I'll, I'll stick with Maverick for now. But this is one of those ones too, where if you like don't pay attention to the context of those stats, yep. it, I mean, like that's why it's doing you because like we just watched Sabina Mazo get ragged out by Alexis Davis and Maria Agapova, who if we remember correctly, did not <laughs> look particularly good on the ground very recently. Nope. She also got manhandled yes. by Marina Mraz, um in the yes. UFC. So like she, she gets manhandled by people who are good grapplers and she's beaten everybody she's fought. Who's not like a quote unquote grappler. So yep. of course her grappling stats look pretty good because uh, you know, like she, she has those wins over people who aren't grapplers and does well in those Mavericks, yep. an absolute beast of a wrestler. Um, I think her number yep. would probably be even higher here if she had not just gotten, you know, the shit kicked out of her by Aaron Blanchfield. Um, but Aaron Blanchfield right. is just on another level. So, yeah, Maverick's the pick here for sure. Yes, Maverick is the pick. We're going against all the all the stats to say otherwise. Um, what are we going to next? Featherweights. Damien Jackson versus Kemuela Kirk. Um, so we got the Leech versus the Jawaiian. Why is it Jawaiian? Dan? I have no idea. I think idea. we talked about this before, right? It's <laughs> well, I don't think we figured it out a, last time. Either. Is he a Jewish Hawaiian guy? I don't know. Is he, but he fights I, out of Arizona, so I don't I, – God, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yes. Well, have you had him on your show, Dan? No. You have to have him on your show and find I'll, out for I'll, us, okay? I'll see, what, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. All right. This one is a pick as of recording or as of when I checked the stats a couple hours ago. Um, we'll start with – Damon the Leech Jackson, 19-4-1 with one no contest. Three knockouts, 14 submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, so all of his losses have come via finish. He's 2-2-1 two, two one with one no contest over his, over two stints in the UFC. Um, most recently, he's gone win-loss win, um, winning his last fight. He used to fight at lightweight. He was 0-1 in PFL, 2-0 and in Bellator. He was also an LFA champ, made his debut in 2012. He's an inch taller than Kirk, and minus 112 is the comeback on him. Uh, the Jawaiian is 12-4, and four, five knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once. One and in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. He was 0-1 in the Contender Series. He's got four inches of reach on Jackson, six years younger than him, more active striker, minus 112. This is one of the fights that I have a question mark beside. So let's, let's see if Dan can erase the question mark for me either, either way. No, this is a really hard for me one for me stylistically to pick, um, especially being a pick em. Like it, it's a pick em for a reason. Kirk is coming off of beating a grappler who I I think stylistically 
matches up pretty much just like Damon Jackson. He he just beat Makwan Amirakani, who has a lot of that, like, grappling-heavy style with, like, a little bit of boxing that Damon Jackson has. And it's, like, submission-heavy grappling where he's looking for subs and kind of floats on top a little bit more than just, like, digs in. Um, So, like, on one sense, I'm, like, I, I think that's a good sign for Kirk. But on the other side, he did give up a ton of takedowns in that fight. He He got regularly taken down. And I think the only thing that won him the fight is he was being active and Makwan Amirakani really wasn't. And ultimately, I don't think that's going to be the case with Damon Jackson. I think he's going to be more active. I think he's going to threaten more. I think he's going to pass more. I think he probably does a little bit better in the boxing, too, than than Makwan Amirakani does. So I'm going to go with Damon Jackson. But this is probably, of all of the fights on the card, the one I am the least sure about. Yep, Jackson was the way I was leaning also, so I will I will fully lean that way now. Um, he, he's looked good since his return to the UFC. Surprised us. Um, I think he's probably burned us uh, in the past with with our picks. So let's. I let's picked him. I picked him against uh, Mirasad Vechtik. I think. There you go. I, I'm and, almost positive I did. <laughs> and he lost that fight, did he not? No, he won by like comeback on, okay. guillotine in the third round after getting the shit kicked right, out yeah, for yeah. two rounds. Yeah, yeah. I go. also picked him against Aaliyah right. Tapuria, which was not right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's hopefully we're hopefully we're right here. And the leech takes care of the Jawaiian. All right, moving on. Bantamweights, Trevin Five Star Jones, who is on the top Twitter MMA podcast this week, you should listen to. Against the aforementioned Snow Leopard, Javed Basharat. Um fresh off the contender series. All right, five star Jones, thirteen to six with one no contest. Three knockouts, four submissions. He's 1-0 with one no contest in the UFC. He won via TKO his last fight. Uh, he's got an interreach on Basharat, plus 120. The Snow Leopard, 11-0, five knockouts, six submissions. So everything's a finish for him. Whoever has passed five opponent, uh, opponents, opponents, 46 and 40, uh, 36 and 42 combined record, uh, losing record. So take keep that in mind. So anyhow, everything's a finish. He was 1-0 in the contender series. He was a regional champ. Two inches of height, five years younger, striking stats, and he's more than twice more active striking as well, and grappling stats in his favor, but that's very small sample size for him. One fight, minus 150. Uh, I'll take Snow Leopard. He's one of the guys I remember from Contender Series, and he looked very impressive there. So I will uh, hope he can keep the good times going against the step-up in opponent here. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with him as well. I, I've really liked him even before he was on the Contender Series. He fucked for Octagon with a K, um, which uh, is a British – or a, actually, I think it's a Scandinavian promotion that I, I keep an eye on because usually there's some good guys that come off of there. Fought for Bama and some other British promotions too. But, like, the bottom line is he's great on the ground. Um, I actually like his striking more than his grappling sometimes, too. Um, but, like, I, I think he's the real deal. He's one of those guys I really liked off of the Contender Series. Um, and, and, like, he's got a good team around him. He looks like he's improving. Trevin Jones, here's the other thing, too, I will say. While I really like him, he showed some holes in that Saad Yokov Krakoramana fight, um, which the the holes were largely that just, like, he could be bullied a little bit into fighting a fight that's not most advantageous for him. Um, and I'm a little bit worried that happens here. Um, and, and, you know, his only two wins were by, you know, fairly early knockouts in the UFC. So I don't think that's going to happen here with Basharat. So I think Basharat's going to wear him out, tire him out, and win this fight. All right, Basharat, Snow Leopard. Are Snow Leopards good on the ground generally, Dan? 
I don't know. That, it's such a good nickname, too. I really enjoy that you, one. <laughs> you've never fought one before? I've never fought a snow leopard. Not one. It's a good nickname. <laughs> it's a good one. How about – no? Okay. How about a, how about a savage? Have you fought a savage? Because Jillian Robertson is a savage, Dan. She's fighting. Great, great segue. Great segue. She's a Canadian savage, also. Um, kinda. She's from Niagara Falls. Hey, we just talked about Niagara Falls. That's where she's from. Um, before she went to the good life in Florida. Um, she's fighting JJ Aldrich in a women's flyweight bout. The savage will be taking this. She's taking this to short notice. Yes, she is. Uh, who was supposed to fight JJ Aldrich? It was supposed to be. Ariana Lipsky, but she had to step out of the fight. So Jillian Robson stepped in, same same as um, Miranda Maverick, about two weeks ago. So it's going to be very short notice for her. All right, let's break her down. Uh, we'll tell you about Aldridge first. 10-4 and four with two knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. 6-3 and three in the UFC. She's won two straight fights and three of four. Uh, she was 1-1 one one on the Ultimate Fighter. She used to fight at strawweight. She was 3-1 in Invicta. She's got four inches of reach on Robertson. She's almost twice as active striking, plus 108. Uh, the Savage, Robertson, 10-6, one knockout, seven submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. 7-4 and four in the UFC. Uh, she's only won one of her last three, um, but she's won three of her last five, including her last fight, which she won via submission. Like I said, short notice for her. 0-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. She also used to fight at strawweight. Uh, she's missed, missed weight there, so now she's up at flyweight. Three years younger than Aldridge. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 135. So basically we got a matchup of two women who pretty much have grown up in the UFC. Uh, all their, almost all their um, fighting experience is in the UFC, and they're still quite young. So who you got in this one? I, I like Jillian Robertson. I just think her grappling is going to be too much for Aldridge. Um, yeah. And, like, I do think Aldridge is a little better on the feet, but I, I ultimately I just touch, trust Jillian Robertson in the work she does with Dean Thomas so much. Like, she's a Dean Thomas black belt and a very legit one. You know, once in a while, she looks kind of like a fish out of water when she's in the stand-up. But, man, when her grappling gets going, it's just so good. And, you know, J.J. Aldrich didn't look bad on the ground either. I just think Jillian Robertson is a touch better here. So I'm going to go with her. Yep. Robertson is my pick as well. So because she's Canadian, um, right? Uh, mostly, yes. But also grappling's pretty good, too. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I pretty much echo what, what you're saying. Um, I'm counting on her grappling to carry the day here for us. Brings us to the main event of the prelims, welterweights, Matthew Semmelsberger versus A.J. Fletcher. Uh, A.J. Fletcher is the ghost. Semmelsberger is Semi the Jedi. I'll tell you about the ghost first. 9-0, four knockouts, four submissions, so very well-rounded there. This is his UFC debut. Uh, last five opponents, 38-35, and 35, so he hasn't fought the greatest of competition. Um, he was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's won, he's won seven straight fights via finish. Hey, he... He may not fight the best opponents, but at least he finishes them. Five, year, five years younger than Semmelsberger. Striking stats in his favor, plus 185. Some of the Jedis, nine and three, six knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's 3-1 in the UFC, won his last fight via knockout. Used to fight at middleweight. Uh, he's when it's at welterweight. He's got three inches of height on Fletcher, eight inches of reach on him. Uh, he's one and a half times more active striking, but we're talking small sample size. And grappling stats also in his favor, but once again, sample size. Minus 240. Um, I will take Semi the Jedi. Not a, don't really. I think the numbers should be a bit closer than minus 240, but I, I will take him nonetheless. Yeah, I kind of expected the number to be a little bit closer too. But then I yeah, so this I is one of the. I would just like it better. 
Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) This is one of the ones I went back and watched because AJ Fletcher's fight was the first fight on Contender Series, and I remembered the flying knee, but I remembered there also being something I didn't like about him, and I couldn't remember what it was. And if you go back and watch that fight, which is only two and a half minutes long, super easy to go back and watch, he gets hit a lot, dude. Like, he gets popped by his opponent like, regularly in that fight. Like, when he goes forward to throw combinations, first of all, he telegraphs everything with, like, one of those big Roy Nelson jumps. You know how Roy Nelson used to jump before he threw the overhand right or do that little shuffle that he did? Um, It's, it's like, the same thing out of A.J. Fletcher, so you, like, know it's coming. Um, He wrestles well, but, like, also Matthew Sonellisberger is a good wrestler, so, like, I don't trust that part of A.J. Fletcher's game. And... If Fletcher does that, like, and telegraphs every shot he does coming in, he's going to get countered. And my goodness, has Matt Semmelsberger shown that he can put people's lights out? So I, I kind of think that's just going to happen here. It's like Semmelsberger is just going to wait for one of those really obvious moments and just tag him and put him out. Yep, he cracks. Um, six out of his nine wins have come to be a knockout. And eight inches of reach are probably going to help in that, in that uh, as well, you would think. Yeah, exactly. The The reach should be a huge advantage here. All right, so that concludes our, our prelims. We're going to move on to the main card. But first, obviously, let me tell you about our last couple sponsors here. PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like you, such as Gil from New Jersey, who purchased a Murray State Championship ticket and a prop swap at 225 to 1 odds. Well, the sports books are only offering 150 to 1 odds. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high and cash out on a prop swap when the tourney starts. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you're, you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. And download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has some fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And also, speaking of awesome things in SGP. Download the SGP and app. We're now live. If you haven't already, we're now live in the app store and Google play gives you easy access to all their picks, podcasts, giveaways, articles, all that good stuff. So download the app, toss an app review on it and all will be well in the world. All right. Uh, main card before we move on to the main card, Eagle FC has signed three big former U- uh, UFC fighters. Did you hear that Dan? Who, I they, thought- who they just signed? I saw before we went to recording, I saw Junior Dos Santos uh, signed in his fighting Jorgen De Castro in yep. May. Yep. Junior Santos, Tiago Silva, I Did think. Did he try to kill a guy? Mm, Am I thinking uh, of the right guy? A, I think Tiago no. Silva tried to kill a guy, didn't he? I don't know. Maybe. And uh, Hector Lombard. Okay. H- so Hector, Hector Lombard, Lombard, I know, didn't try to kill somebody. No, um, but he let could. Me, let me get back to you on Tiago Silva. Well, it, you, you go ahead with the next fight. I'll get back to All you right, about whether fine. or not he tried to kill a man. Wow, what a cliffhanger. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. We'll start off with middleweights. This is a fight that Hungerman superfan Jong is dying to see uh, between a couple strikers. Alex Pereira, Bruno Blint. 
Blendado, Silva, Blendado meaning armored. Uh, Pereira's nickname is Poatan, which means stone hands. Um, we got a couple of kickboxers here. All right, Blendado, Silva, 22 and 6, 19 knockouts. He's been submitted five times, so that is his Achilles heel, obviously. He's 3 and 0 in the UFC. All of his wins via T knockout or T TKO, technical knockout. Uh, he's 0 1 on the Ultimate Fighter. He was the M1 champ. He made his debut in 2010. He's two years younger than Pereira. He's almost three times more active striking, plus 150. Pereira, 4-1 on with four knockouts. One, he's been submitted once in his career. He's 1-0 on the UFC, one via TKO. He is a kickboxing champion who famously beat Israel Adesanya. Uh, he's got four inches of height, five inches of reach on Silva. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 190. Do you know um, about the murderer yet, Dan? I do, yeah. So apparently he violated a restraining order against his estranged wife where he threatened her with a gun and then had an armed standoff with police officers near their Fort yes, Lauderdale I, home that he had. Yes, I, was a, thinking, uh, I was thinking, yes, yes. Yeah, and all, and all of this uh, was while he was under contract with the UFC. In, in, right. Get this, the UFC actually stood up and was like, we don't want to be associated with this person. Yes. Wild. I remember uh, all this now. But yeah, no, so he's back. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go with the underdog here. I like Bruno Silva. I am um, too. Yeah, I know a lot of people are in on Alex Pereira and really believe in yeah. this guy, but, but Silva hit so hard, and I, I know the news stories have come out. He's saying he's not going to grapple. He's saying he's just going to stand and throw with Alex Pereira. Like, I believe it when I see it, A. And B, like, even if he does, I think he's got a decent shot. Like, is he a yeah. better kickboxer? For sure, no. Right? Like, Alex Pereira is, is a straight-up better kickboxer. But when you add in the threat of the takedown, you add in the clinch against the cage, you add in all those other things, Silva knocks people out from really short range. So I, I like his chances here, and I love the plus money. Yeah, I'm taking him as well. Um, I'm worried about the reach, especially if this is just as strictly a, a striking battle. Uh, also worried Silva seems to get hit a lot, um, which may, isn't the smartest plan with, with a guy whose nickname is Stonehands. But I like his, his experience way better also. He's... He's fought a lot of killers already, um, and he can he can crack. So yeah, I, I like the plus money here as well. And so does uh, Hunger Man Jong. It, it was one of <laughs> Silva's one of his big parlay picks, I think. So Fletcher was the only one we disagree with. Fletcher, yes, uh, don't, don't put him in a parlay. <laughs> exactly. Don't no throwing him in a parlay. Um, all right. So oh, if with Jong, Jeff, and Gumby on the same page, then we can't lose on that one. All right, how about this one? Um, I, I think he's in on T-Rex, Terrence McKinney as well. Um, he's got some of that top turtle stank on him, though. Uh, he's fighting Drew Dober on short notice because Terrence McKinney only fights on short notice, it seems. Um, nowadays, no, he took this one oh, five days ago, so this is very short notice for him. Actually, not for him. For a normal fighter, it would be very short notice. All right. Um, T-Rex is 12-3, and three, five knockouts, seven submissions. So everything is a finish for him. And all of his losses are a finish as well. Two knockouts, one submission. So maybe a prop play here. Who knows? Under, inside the distance. 2-0 uh, in the UFC, both of them via finish. He's won five straight fights, all via finish. Uh, he last fought February 26th. So this would explain why this is such a short notice fight for him. He was only one in the contender series. He used to fight at featherweight. He used to fight at welterweight. He's been all over the place. This one is at lightweight in between the two. Uh, he was a regional champ. He's two inches taller, got three inches of reach, six years younger than Dober. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus 150. Dober, 23 and 11 with one no contest. Ten knockouts, six submissions on his record. He's been knocked out once, submitted four times. 
He's 9-7 with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights. Uh, he had won three straight before then. Then you got to step up in competition and lost both of those. Uh, he used to fight at welterweight. He also was on Ultimate Fighter where he went 0-1. He made his debut in 2009. He's almost three times more active striking than McKinney over their UFC careers. Minus 190. I'm going dog again. Another plus 150 dog. I don't think we can pick against McKinney at this point because we have no idea how high this man's ceiling is going to be. He keeps coming out and and um, proving uh, Eddie Hayter's um, wrong here. And he hasn't even – I guess last fight he did, but he hasn't really leaned on his – biggest strength which is his wrestling so um i am going to keep riding with the hot hand here especially we're talking about a bigger younger fighter also so mckinney is the pick for me well he he did lean on his wrestling last time right like he took out there and and, and just absolutely and i think that's the path to victory here against drew dober drew dober has given up 11 takedowns in his last three fights combined um and two of those didn't go the distance so like he could have been taken down more than that uh in some you know, granted, the Islam Makashev ones you can just automatically write up. Like, of course, he gave up takedowns to him. He gave up takedowns to Brad Riddell, who, again, maybe a little bit more understanding, gave up a bunch of takedowns to Alexander Hernandez. Um, three out of five, which is just, like, a if he's load. given up. Yeah, it's a buttload, especially for a guy who's going <laughs> to be fighting a dude with a really, I mean, like, a really good takedown game. I, I, I was impressed with what uh, Terrence McKinney was able to do. And the other thing is, too, is even if Dilbert can stuff those takedowns and force him to box, I'm not sure he's better boxing either. At plus 155, this is crazy. Um, and also, we warned you on Sunday, get it at plus 200 while you can, because the money is obviously coming in on Terrence McKinney. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, he's going to get uh, – money should be uh, hammering in on him until he's a favorite, and then then it should, uh, it should even out. But Dilbert seems to kind of – he had his little spurt a few fights back where he, I think he cracked the, the rankings briefly for a bit, but um, I think that was pretty, he got got his step up and didn't really pass that test. And I think it's probably, uh, that's probably it for him. Plus like McKinney is just, like I said, who knows how, how good he could be. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's a good point. I, I just don't know what the ceiling is for him. Yeah. So may as well, especially at plus money, may as well keep picking him until we find out where the ceiling is. Right. That's I love it. There you go. That's that's a gambler mentality there, right? Let it ride. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, light heavyweights: Khalil Roundtree Jr. versus Kyle Roberson. This is one of the fights I didn't really want to pick either guy in, but but I I made a pick. Roundtree is the warhorse. Roberson is Baby K. Uh, the warhorse, far more fierce nickname than Baby K. Um, warhorse is nine and five with one no contest. He's knocked out six of his opponents. Been knocked out himself twice, submitted once. He's 5-5 five and five with one no contest in the UFC. He's won one of his last three and two of his last five. He did win his last fight via TKO. He was 2-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. He used to fight at middleweight. He's got two inches reach on Roberson, more active striker of the two, plus 108. Baby K, Roberson, 9-4, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted four times, so we have a Achilles heel there for him, definitely. 4-4 four and four in the UFC, so we're... we're a couple of mediocre guys, perfect for a light heavyweight division. A couple of mediocre fighters. Uh, he's Owen. One is uh, sorry. He's lost his last two fights, both via submission. Um, used to fight at middleweight. He was one zero on the contender series, striking and grappling stats in his favor. He also was a pro kickboxer where he went zero and three, minus one thirty five coming back on him. Daniel, I'm going to take Carl Roberson. You're right. I, I don't really love this fight from a, a betting perspective, but mostly just because. I think some of the issue I'm having with it right now is just like 
Khalil Roundtree is kind of a huge question mark about what version of him comes out in fights. There, there's yep. the, the there's the version of him who came out and just blasted who was it was it Eric Anders with leg kicks nonstop in that fight and just decimated him. And then there's like the one who we saw fight Marcin Procneo and look like he didn't even want to fight. Um, so like you know like I've seen a couple of versions. Obviously the win over Modestus Bukaskis. I think it aged poorly, um, as Bukaskis turned out to be, like, maybe not as good as we thought he was. I, I like Roberson's distance here. I think it's kickboxing's good. I, I think it's a huge benefit for him that Roundtree isn't going to try to wrestle him. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Roberson. But, again, uh, I'm nowhere near this one on a recommended play. Yeah. No, this is a good matchup for Roberson, so he's my pick as well. Um, but this is um... – this is the perfect uh, light heavyweight fight, right? A couple of yeah, other guys is, we don't yeah, yeah, really yeah, trust. And definitely put it on the main card. <laughs> exactly. Of course. Of course. Fourth from the top. All right. Third from the top is a featherweight battle. Sadiq Youssef versus Alex Caceres. Caceres is Bruce Leroy. Uh, Youssef is super. Um, all right. Caceres first. 19 and 12. One no contest. Three knockouts. Seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. Submitted seven times. He's 14-10 with one no contest in the UFC. He's won five straight and six of seven. Um, what else we tell you about him? He won his last fight via submission. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. A lot of people were on the Ultimate Fighter this this card. He was 2-1 on the Ultimate Fighter. He used to fight at lightweight. used to fight at featherweight. Um, what is this one at? No, sorry. He used to fight. What else did you see? This is featherweight. Did he used to fight at bantamweight? I think he did, actually. That would be yes. if he made Bantamweight. He did, actually. Yeah, 135. <laughs> yep, he did. He fought at 135. So maybe his hair wasn't as big then, so he had less weight on him, perhaps. <laughs> made his debut in 2008. Uh, he's an inch taller than Yusuf, two inches of reach, striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus 195. Uh, Super Sadiq is 11-2 with six knockouts, 4-1 in the UFC. He won four straight and then lost his last fight. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He used to fight at lightweight. He's five years younger than Caceres. More active striker, minus 250. Uh, I'm going to go with Yusef. It's, it's hard. Caceres has looked very good recently, and obviously he's won five straight and six to seven. But um, So it, it's hard to go against him, but I think this is a a large step up in competition based on who, who he's fought uh, recently. So I think Yusef has what it takes to get the job done here. So he's my pick. Yeah, he, he's faster, stronger, better striker right. um, than than anybody he's fought. And it's not even close. Like, when you compare that he's been fighting guys like Kevin Kroom and stuff like that to Sadiq Youssef, it's not the same ballpark. And also, we've seen Youssef, who is a little bit shorter and less lanky um, than Caceres. We've seen him beat that type of guy, too, right? We saw him beat Mike Davis on the Contender Series, who, which, again, another win, or win that aged extremely well because Mike Davis turned out to be a beast who went in and beat Mason Jones uh, and got a UFC contract anyway. So, yeah, I think Sadiq Youssef his, can deal with that style and should win this one pretty easily. Yes, sir. I wouldn't say easily with Caceres. You never know. But, yes, Youssef is, is the pick here. All right. Um, Co-main event, Bantamweights. Marlon Moraes versus Song Yadong. Uh, okay, Moraes. Nickname is Magic, and Yadong says Kung Fu Monkey. Says I've, never, I've never heard I've either never of heard, Oh, I've heard Magic Marlon Marais. He's been using Have that since his, since his World Series of Fighting days. Really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. And, but, but Song Yadong, I've never heard Kung Fu Monkey. That's new to me. Well, that, <laughs> that's what he is. He's a Kung Fu Monkey. All right, let's talk about Magic Marlon. 23-9-1, 10 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's been knocked out 6 times, submitted twice. Uh, he's 5-5 five and five in the UFC. He's lost 3 straight. He's only won 1 of his last 5. He's, he's fought 
by, I think, three champions, though, over his last five fights, so uh, or three former champions. Um, and and least, Corey Sandhagen. <laughs> yeah, or a couple champions, at least. Some Someone on this card's fought a whole bunch of champions recently. I can't remember who it was, though, but... Um, Anyhow, he, he's, he's fought some good people. Let's just put it. Oh, Santos. Diego Santos coming up. He, he's fought, I think, three champions over his last five fights. Um, all right. Marais, he hasn't been doing so good recently. Uh, his last four losses have all come via TKO as well. Uh, he was, In the World Series of Fighting, he was 11-0 and the champion. He used to fight at featherweight. He also was a pro Muay Thai fighter. He made his debut in 2008, plus 200. The Kung Fu Monkey, Sung Yadong, 18-5-1 with one no contest, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out himself once. He's 7-1-1 one, one in the UFC. He's won two straight and three of four. Head kick, including a head kick knockout his last fight. Uh, he was in one championship where he went 0-1. But that's not surprising since that's the greatest um, promotion in the world. So you're going to lose some fights there. He used to fight at lightweight. He used to fight at featherweight. He's two inches of height. has two inches of height on Magic Morais. Nine years younger than him. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Minus 260. Over to you. I'm actually going to take Marlon Marias in this fight. Oh, <laughs> fool. I, you, you say that, though, but, like, Songy Dong has looked quite bad in some of his fights against people who can wrestle. Um, you know, like, look, uh, he, you, you can call it a draw if you want. He lost to Cody Stamen. He lost badly to Cody Stamen. He, he got badly, badly out-wrestled by Kyler Phillips, a guy who I, I'm not particularly high on Kyler Phillips. His wrestling abilities is we saw him, you know, kind of get manhandled by Rowley on Paiva. Um, and so Song Yudong, like, yeah, he did knock out the Julio Arce, and that looks good in, in retrospect. But, like, guys who have been able to wrestle him a little bit have beaten the hell out of him. Um, in, in one of the things that people forget about Marlon Marias is just how good his wrestling can be. He took down Rob Font a bunch of times in that fight. Uh, it didn't last long because he got hit hard, but he got t- taken down a bu- or took him down a couple of times there. And, and he's fighting a guy who's shown the holes there. You know, like he, he, Dong's even given up takedowns to Casey Kenny. So I, I just think Marlon Marias is the kind of guy who can expose that a little bit and sort of save himself. And Song Dong doesn't get better as the fight goes. He gets much worse as the fight goes. If he can't land that knockout blow early, I, I'm worth taking a stab on that at plus 220 from a guy who beat Jose Aldo semi-recently. I, I, the fool comment was had nothing to do with the picks here. I just realized, hey, wait a minute, Dan's a fool. I should tell him. <laughs> You're like, oh, just hey, so that's you know. a good argument. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, it was like a Tourette's type thing. Um, Yadon's the pick, obviously. Uh, I know he doesn't crack that hard, but I'm not going with the guy who's lost four, four fights via TKO over his last, what, five fights? I don't care who he's beaten in the past. He is done, Dan. He is washed up, and he's fighting a guy almost a decade younger than him. So if you want to count on him using his his uh, grappling to win a fight, um, good luck. But I think he's going to want to prove that he can still scrap. And maybe he'll get knocked out. Maybe not. But he's going to lose. Have fun I, with this one. Yeah, I just don't – I don't think it's it's fair to say that a guy is washed after getting knocked out by literally the three best guys in the division, and he beat the hell out of one of them. Like, <laughs> like – you, brain doesn't lose. matter who uh, who knocked him out. His brain just knows it's been knocked out a bunch recently. That, so. Well, it has been. So I guess if you're <laughs> if if you love Song Yudong by knockout, like I guess I that's don't love your play. dong, Dan. Sometimes <laughs> I have to tell you I don't love your dong. Jeff loves dong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm glad we differed on uh, another pick, though. That makes things more interesting. 
On to the main event. Diego Morata, a.k.a. Sledgehammer Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev. Um, yeah, Santos is the one I mentioned who's fought all champions over his last five fights. He's fought John Jones. He beat Jan Blakovich, and he lost to Glover Teixeira, I think. So that's quite a murderous row of, of fights over his last five. Um, all right, let's tell you about him first. He's 22-9, 15 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. He's 14-8 and eight in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights, which was his last fight, um, which he won. He went 2-2 two and two in the Ultimate Fighter. How did he get four Ultimate Fighter fights? How does that work? Do you it's Ultimate that Fighter season? Brazil, so I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I think he went loss, win, loss, win for some reason. You don't know anything about Wow. Ultimate that Fighter Brazil? Be. I don't know. <laughs> That's really bottom of the barrel stuff there, guys. All right. Um... What can I tell you? He used to fight, somehow, he used to fight at welterweight. Can you believe that? And middleweight, which is a bit more believable. Wow. Him down at welterweight, that's crazy. He's, he got beat by, dude. was it Vicente Luque beat him down there? I think it's Vicente Maybe. Luque who beat him. I'll look Wild. that up. You keep going. All right. He made his debut in 2010. He's got an inch of reach on Ankalaya, more active striker, plus 380. Ankalaya, 16-1, nine knockouts. He's been submitted once. That's his only loss. He's 7-1 in the UFC. Lost his debut to Paul Craig, I believe, where he got submitted, and then he's won seven straight fights. Uh, he was a WFCA champ, whatever that means, but he was one. Um, he's an inch taller than Santos, eight years younger, striking stats in his favor, minus 550. Whose turn is it? Mine or yours? I think it's yours. Ankoliev is the pick, um, obviously. Uh, Santos is another guy who I think he's pretty much done for, plus Ankoliev is just a better fighter than him at this point and way younger. So he is my pick. You know, I'm not actually hugely sold on Ankalaev, but I am picking him here because I'm just worried about the tentativeness of Tiago Santos. Right. He's looked really tentative in his last, uh, I've been mean, pretty much since the John Jones loss. He looks like he's a little bit scared in there. Um, and it's not that's like John happens. Jones. Yeah, but it's also not like John sure, Jones. That's what a ton of, when guys get, when guys get old, I mean, I meant yeah. that's pretty much what happened. Like Jorge Masvidal, same thing. Yeah, ahead. so so I, I think he's just going to get tentative in there. And Ankalaev is a guy who takes advantage of stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I like Ankalaev in this one. But I, I also don't think that that line has a ton of value on it. Like, that, it shouldn't be that wide. Um, but yeah. I, I, I still think he's the right pick. Correct. Did you find what you were searching for, Dan? Oh, uh, yeah, he had lost to Vicente Luque down at, at welterweight on the regional. Wow, him at, I can't picture him at welterweight, but I guess I probably saw – oh, on the regional? Okay, maybe I see it then. More than likely, I didn't see it. So, okay. All right, that's our pick. Magomed and Kaliyev. That's our picks for all, all the fight card. But no, we're not done yet. We have recommended plays where Dan shines. And I, I, I shine a little bit, just not as much as Dan. Um, all right. Do you have your first recommended play? Mr. Sure. Really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Javid Basharat over Trevin Jones. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say – I'm going to go pretty confident on this one. I'm going to say 40 bucks on Javid Basharat over Trevin Jones. Winning outright. All right. And we got – we're going to give you minus 150 for that one. You just want it outright win, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. What do I like? What do I like? Um, boom, boom, boom. Let's just – let's take Terrence McKinney. At plus money, uh, plus 150. Let's put um, – Let's put 30 bucks on him, just winning outright. Terrence McKinney, plus 150. I like that. I'm, I'm going to go with another favorite, though. I like Jillian Robertson here. Um, I'm going to take her another 40 on her. 
Okay, Jillian Robertson, 40 bucks, just winning straight up? Just straight up, her winning. All yeah, right. I'm gonna get a little fancy we... in a sec. I'm gonna get a little fancy Ooh, in a really? second. On a, yeah, the fanciness is the only thing that I lost on last week, so maybe I won't get fancy this time. We'll see. I don't plan these things in advance. We'll just see what happens. So you're getting minus one thirty-five for Ms. Robertson. All right. Um, who else do I like? McKinney, uh, Silva. No, I think I'm gonna maybe I'll. Uh... Let me think about that one. Let me think about that. I was thinking Ferreira Silva inside the distance without um, – do you know what the number is? Do you have yeah, numbers in front of you? I can get you a number on that one. Just, uh, so Pereira and Silva – No winner, just saying the fight's going to end inside the distance. Um, you can get <laughs> um, under under two and a half rounds, negative 435. No, thank you. We'll, we'll just <laughs> – we'll pass on that one. Fight doesn't go to decision, negative 600. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, doo, 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 doo. What can I get for Jillian Robertson's submission, Dan? All right, hang on. Jillian Robertson wins by submission plus one seventy-five. Let's do that. Um, Twenty bucks, Robertson. I think. Well, she can win by by decision too. But all right, uh, sub. What was the number again? Plus one seventy-five. All right, I think that's the. Maybe the most like most likely outcome for her to win. Um, decision very close as well. All right, over to you. All right, so this is where I'm going to go big here. I'm going to take Terrence McKinney, but I'm going to take him in a prop. Terrence McKinney by some listed at plus six hundred. I'm going to take ten bucks wow. on Terrence McKinney by some plus six hundred. I don't like that number plus six hundred. Ten bucks, you said. Ten bucks, and then I got ten Howard. in the chamber. Ten in the chamber for another right. big one too. All right, let's see who else I like. Um, I don't like anything. That's the problem. Um, how much do I have left here? I've got 50 bucks left. All right. Who else do I really? Almost I think he's going to win. What can I get? Let's just pick him winning outright. Um, we'll put 30 bucks on that. I'm waiting outright, minus 240. All right, and then I'm going to close with my last 10 bucks here. I'm going to parlay. I'm going to parlay Terrence McKinney with Guido Canetti and Sadiq Youssef. Uh, so so that's McKinney, Canetti, and Youssef, yep. and you get plus yep. 700 on that. Wow. I'm going to take my, my last 10 bucks. I'm going to go plus 700. So I got... A plus 600 play and a plus 700 play in there. Yeah, I'm really not into parlays, but that's uh, that's a very interesting uh, parlay. A very interesting parlay for sure. If that one hits, and it very, very likely could hit. Um, all right, Miranda Maverick, just winning outright. 20 bucks minus 325 will be where my, the rest of my money goes. I like that one, yeah. Maverick I thought about playing, but just well, – As long as you like it, then we're good. The, the number's yeah. just so big on her, which I, I get, yeah. but it's short notice, and it's big, and, like, I'm, I have a lot of faith in her, but, yeah, yeah. I, I dig it. I obviously don't like the number either, but I'm just picking winners here. Dan, swinging for the fences with that uh, big parlay. All right, uh, let's give you a rundown quickly of what we went through. Here, 40 bucks, Dan has on Javid Basharat winning, minus 150. 40 bucks, Jillian Robertson winning, minus 135. 10 bucks, Terrence McKinney winning via submission, plus 600. And then a $10 parlay, Terrence McKinney, Guido Canetti, 
Sadiq Youssef plus 700 is the comeback on that. Uh, for myself, I have 30 bucks on Terrence McKinney winning plus 150. 30, uh, 20 bucks on Jillian Robertson winning via submission plus 175. 30 bucks Matthew Semmelsberger winning minus 240. And then 20 bucks Miranda Maverick winning minus 325. Boom. Do you want to do a parlay? Or do you want no, to uh, yeah, no. We, let's let's incentivize people to go to the SGPN Slack where they can check out yep. Hungry Man Jong's actual <laughs> Hungry true. Man Jong parlay. Check out Jong's parlay this week. We don't suggest betting AJ Fletcher, but he does. So uh, check out check it out. Maybe ride with Jong this week. Well, what's what's the number on Fletcher? He's what plus one eighty five. Mm, you you could put like another one of our underdogs in there that he may not have in there. I think he has actually. It's all our underdogs, isn't it? If I if I remember correctly. So maybe not. But anyhow, <laughs> go and check. SGPN Slack. If, if you're not in there, sign up for it. Find the Fights channel. It's a friendly bunch in there. Go in there and um, and chop it up over parlays and stuff and see. Uh, maybe we can maybe you can guide uh, some of the people in there into a better parlay. So, all right. I think we did it. Show is over. Um, Dan's accused someone of murder, and luckily he was correct in that. Um, <laughs> accusation. So um, there was a lot of actually talk of murder this episode, wasn't there? I forgot you. You talked about someone mur- trying to murder his sisters, and yeah, this is uh, this would be a murder episode if I didn't have come up with a better title, which I obviously did. Um, all right. Before we come back to you on what Sunday to tell you how great we did with all our picks, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. Follow him, Gumby Vreeland. Give us a review. I don't care if it's a bad review. Uh, funnier or badder, badder review, badder grammar, uh, the better. Just give us five stars. Um, so give us a review. Follow us on Twitter. Read our stuff at Sports Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to my newsletter, MMA thing, Money MMA on Substack. I got all the salary stuff everyone seems to like. Uh, I'll have some betting advice on there. I'll have a stat column I do every week before the fights telling you interesting stats leading into it, that type of thing. Lots of good stuff over there. And a pick contest that you can enter for free. And who who doesn't like winning free stuff? So go over there. Um, check it out. See if there's anything there that you like. And there's an amazing logo on there, courtesy of Gumby Reeland, too, that you can check out. So, all right. That's it. Should I take him home, or do you want to take us home, Dan? I can take us home. I'm Dan Gumby Freeland. He's the Kung Fu Monkey Jeff Fox. We will <laughs> see you on Sunday.